Hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Cookie Cast. Today on Cookie Cast, it's Laces Out. That's right, it's our NFL podcast, and we've got a guest. That's right, it's another week and another guest. More games to look forward to, more games to review, more predictions, more stats, more news, more everything NFL based. Before we get started, please do consider like, share, subscribe and comment, leave a review where you can leave a review, share the podcast around people, that's what we want right now, share the podcast around. Right, let's get started, here we go, this is CookieCast, Laces Out. Recording in progress. Mm-mm-mm. She's not wrong, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome on in. As you can see, there are three lovely faces in front of you. Um, no, I know what you're thinking. It's not the football podcast for once. Although it is a football podcast of sorts. It was, of course, the American football podcast this week. Um, obviously, joining myself and uh, your... Uh, your always, always lovely co-host and uh, podcast Don, as it were, Mr. Andrew Cook. This week's guest, ladies and gentlemen, you wouldn't see a familiar face from the football podcast, the wrestling podcast, various assortments of, uh, of BS casts from the past. Uh, how are you, sir? Uh, first, first uh, appearance on the uh, on the NFL show this year. Hmm. Yeah. I'm. Um, I'll, I'll be. Probably doing a little better if my team were doing a little better, but um, you know, we'll uh, we'll get to that. I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure we we exclusively agreed that this year we would we just we just weren't going to discuss fantasy. So uh, no, no, I meant my actual NFL team. You know, oh, for those, I see. For those well, of us who don't have a commitment problem, Paul. Well, you know, it's hard, it's hard to throw support behind uh, a team who trades away their morals for a quarterback. Um, but that's not here nor there. Um, so, obviously, Mr. Woodbutty's first appearance of the season, which means he gets to give us his season-long predictions, ladies and gentlemen. So, as we've done with Mr. Matthew Moore last week and myself and Mr. Cook in week one, we're asking for the teams you believe will make up the Super Bowl, so your AFC and NFC picks which of those teams do you think will win, and which player do you think will be voted as the game's MVP? So, who do you think will make the game from the AFC? Um, if if I say anybody other than the Chiefs, that's probably um, bad. So I'm, I'm going for Chiefs from the AFC. Okay, so, what is the Kansas City Chiefs? So far, you are only the second person to predict the Chiefs. And your NFC selection, please. It's going to be all, all red everything, 49ers. You are the second person to select the San Francisco 49ers. You might be able to you might be able to pick or you might be able to guess who the other person to pick the San Francisco 49ers was. 
Um, you know, because of the, uh, the, the Lennon's tattoo, the Joey Bosa tattoo, his Christian McCaffrey tattoo, etc. Um, so, Chiefs versus 49ers. Of those two, who do you believe would win the game? I can almost hear a few friends in the distance crying out, going, don't give us the kiss of death. But I'm going to go 49ers. Interesting. San Francisco. The 49ers to get the win. And uh, if that was the case, who do you believe would be the game's MVP? I still think that they'll struggle a little bit um, quarterback-wise, so I can't really pick anybody other than McCaffrey if he stays fit, so go there. Christian McCaffers. Hey, well, ladies and gentlemen, so, uh, to go along with my Cincinnati Bengals versus Philadelphia Eagles, Eagles to win, Jalen Hurts to be the MVP. Mr. Andrew Cooks, Chiefs versus Eagles, Kansas City Chiefs to win, Patrick Mahomes for the MVP. And Matt Moore's Buffalo Bills versus the San Francisco 49ers. The San Francisco 49ers and Joey Bosa to win. Mr. Woodmansey there has given us a Chiefs Niners uh, Super Bowl. So repeat from uh, three years ago. Uh, but a different outcome this time. The 49ers winning and Christian McCaffrey to be your MVP. That just leaves us with the season-long MVP selection. Uh, have you got any uh, any ideas who you think might be the uh, the guy to get the nod there? Yeah, I, I'm going to hedge my bets and swing for the other side and go Mahomes for that one. Sorry, I could have sworn I just heard you say that you're going to swing for the other side there. Um, interesting. It's an interesting way to um, make us all aware of your uh, personal preferences and choices. But we're a supportive podcast, so we support you in all your decisions. So, uh, so your regular season MVP selections. Um, I went with Joe Burrow. We'll come back to Andy. Uh, Matt Moore went for Josh Allen. And obviously, Stu just then has picked Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I think oh. Andy's got the uh, Andy's got the biggest uh, shot of anyone uh, with his Aaron Rodgers uh, pick. Um, I, I I would suggest that you've got as much of a chance based on the fact that I have Burrow in my fantasy team, and he has been crap so far. He got a win on this. He got a win on Monday. That's all it matters. Speaking of getting a win on Monday, that takes us to week three's slate of games. So, as always, myself, Mr. Cook, and the guest provide selections for the week. Obviously, last week's guest was Mr. Matthew Moore, so he was in the uh, the guest slot. Um, 16 selections, 16 points. There was a tie for second place. Two people got 10 out of 16 picks correct. Unfortunately, they were both the host of the show. Uh, so, um, letting me down were the Baltimore Ravens against the Indianapolis Colts, the New Orleans Saints against the Green Bay Packers, the Jacksonville Jaguars against the Houston Texans, the Minnesota Vikings against the Los Angeles Chargers, the Dallas Cowboys against the Arizona Cardinals and the Las Vegas Raiders against the Pittsburgh Steelers. 
similar situation for Mr. Cook. Uh, you also had the Ravens, the Saints, the Jags, the Vikings, and the Cowboys. But his other team to let him down was the New York Jets against the New England Patriots. Which means, with his 11 out of 16 selections correct, Mr. Moore takes a point for the guest and increases the guest's win, uh, the guest's win, the guest's lead for this season. So, me still to get off the mark, Andy with half a point, and the guest moves on to two and a half points for the season. Two things about those picks. Number one, the Jets nearly did it. And number two... <laughs> If you asked me to pick those games again now, I'd still pick those choices. Yeah. When, you, when you've gone through all the games, I'm like, no, I'd still have picked those choices now because those are logical choices. Well, I believe, if you go back and listen to last week's show, I believe one of the phrases I said was that the Cowboys looked good, but they're only an implosion away from being the Dallas Cowboys that everyone knows. And lo and behold, they go and lose against a team that's arguably going to be in for the number one pick in about six, seven months' time. Um, that just leaves uh, the stats to go through. But before we get to the stats, we have the side bet to discuss. So, uh, for, new, for new customers, as it were, each week, myself and Andy pick four Sure fire games that we feel are going to go a certain way. We have those as our nailed on bank picks. Once that team has been picked, the game that's, the game that involves them is removed from selection. Um, so we pick four each week. We ta- we tally them up over the course of the season. And when it comes to the Super Bowl, the person who has the most selections correct is the winner. So this week, and, uh, and uh, just going into week uh, week three. The standards where I was on seven out of eight points, Andy was on four out of eight points. How will that how will that be affected when we go to week three? So Andy had a clean sweep this week, ladies and gentlemen. He had the Kansas City Chiefs. The Kansas City Chiefs to beat the Chicago Bears. The San Francisco 49ers to beat the New York Giants. The Buffalo Bills to beat the Washington Commanders and the Detroit Lions to beat the Atlanta Falcons. So, Andy moves on eight points from a, from a possible 12. I didn't have such a good selection as I had the Seattle Seahawks to beat the Carolina Panthers. And then it went a bit awry. As I had the Ravens to beat the Colts. The Jaguars to beat the Texans. And the Cowboys to beat the Cardinals. Oh dear. So from a three-point lead, in one fell swoop in one week, that lead has been completely and utterly wiped out. Both of us on eight from twelve selections. Well done, Mr. Cook, for bringing it back oh so quickly. Thank you very much. Obviously, at this point, I will just highlight how I spent the the entirety of last season going, this is why you love the side bet. It can literally flip like that in a week. 
Now, some people would have looked at last week and gone, that's it now, he's never going to catch up. And now it's neck and neck. It's neck and neck. So. No. I understand uh, we've got some stats that uh, may or may not have been provided by the stats mistress. Yes, um, there's there's two things about the stats. One, um, I, just, I just looked at the, how many there were and divided them up as equally as possible, which, as Paul has pointed out, has left it where one of my stats is also running into one of his, so there's a bit of a discombobulation there. And I must apologise to Stu, because as I was sorted his out, I went, oh, it's War and Peace. So I hope you've got your reading glasses on, Stu, because you're going to be there a while. Outside of that... Yes, a uh, big shout out to the Stats Mistress, a uh, big shout out to Nate Davis of USA Today, we do get the credit this week. These are week three NFL stats for the 2023 season, and what a way to kick off the stats. You didn't think we weren't going anywhere other than the Finns, 70 burger, seriously, what an Obviously impressive performance as Miami became the fourth NFL team to reach the 70-point plateau in the Dolphins' 70-20 dismantling of the Broncos. The most points scored by a team since Washington had 72 in 1966. Number two, the Dolphins... 726 total yards are a record for one team in the Super Bowl era since 1966. They averaged 10.2, more than a first down, per snap. Miami had four players exceeding 50 yards and four others that went for at least 20. Um... No real surprises that the third start of the week is about Dolphins running back Raheem Mostert and rookie Devon Kane had four touchdowns apiece. The second pair of teammates to achieve that in a game. Uh, uh, Kane also rushed for 203 yards on 18 carries. Uh, apparently, elsewhere, there were other games going on. In a game that was en entertaining for different reasons, the Los Angeles Chargers and Vikings both piled up 475 yards. Though it was the Bolts who outlasted head coach Brandon Staley's decision, making and the Vikes for 28-24 triumph in what was effectively an elimination game between clubs that started Sunday and two. Uh, as I mentioned before, my last stat runs into Paul's first stat. So, Paul, keep that ball going. Yes, indeed. So, Staley's team secured the victory thanks to linebacker Kenneth Murray's end zone interception with seven seconds remaining, absolving the coach of his failed decision to go for it on fourth and one from his team's own 24-yard line. On a day when his team rushed for all of 30 yards without injured running back Austin Eckler in a bid to end the game. 
it, watching that, it, it, oh, just baffling, truly, truly baffling. Uh, Chargers wide receiver Keenan Allen caught 18 passes for 215 yards and threw a 49-yard touchdown pass to Mike Williams. Allen's 18 catches were the most ever by a player who also threw for a touchdown, surpassing the previous standard by six grabs. Uh, I don't know if it's covered in stew stats, but obviously that's the last action that Mike Williams will play this season, as I believe he tore his ACL. Yeah, it's looking that way. Um, it's not ideal. Uh, Vikings wide receiver Justin Jefferson finished with seven grabs for 149 yards and a touchdown. He finished one yard shy of becoming the first player to ever start a season with three consecutive 150-yard receiving games. But his 458 total yards tied Wes Welker's mark for the most ever through three weeks. Staying with Minnesota, they are 0-3 despite not losing any of its games by more than six points. The defending NFC North champions were 11-0 in one-score games in 2022. Um, similar field, the, the Vikings have lost seven fumbles this season. Seven in three games. That's, uh, pretty, that's pretty bad. And my last stat is quite a short one, but quite a damning one one of the teams involved. The New England Patriots have now beaten the reeling New York Jets 15 consecutive occasions. 1-5. 15. That's pretty damning. Over to you, Mr. Woodmanty, to uh, finish us off, as it were. Okay, so we head to the Buffalo Bills defence. Serve reminder that this isn't just the Josh Allen show. Even with linebacker Von Miller with his knee injury at least weeks away from returning, Buffalo hung nine sacks, five takeaways and one pick six on the previously unbeaten Washington Commanders who managed all of 230 yards in a 37-3 to rout. Uh, in a game marred by the remnants of Tropical Storm Ophelia, the Indianapolis Colts returned to their birthplace and beat the Baltimore Ravens 22-19 to in overtime. Upstaging leg- legendary kicker Justin Tucker, who was short on what would have been a game-winning 61-yard field goal at the end of regulation. Yes, I am well aware. Thank you very much, Fancy Points. Uh, the Colts' Matt Gay became the first man in the league annals to hit four field goals from 50-plus yards in a single game, including the game-winner from 53 with just 69 seconds left. We're not saying Cleveland Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson takes our on-field advice, but maybe. Despite the loss of Pro Bowl running back Nick Chubb to season-ended knee surgery, Watson responded with his best performance as a Brown, connecting on 27 of 33 throws for 289 yards and two scores. He distributed the ball nicely in Cleveland's 27-3 runaway against the Tennessee Titans, hooking up at least twice with a half-dozen receivers. Watson's 123.4 passer rating was his best with Cleveland and uh, was his best with Cleveland, and only the second time in nine starts with the Browns that he's topped the 100 mark. He had a 104.5 career mark during his time in Houston. Brown's defensive end, Miles Garrett, had three and a half sacks, one shy of his personal best in the NFL. 
And finally, uh, Green Bay Packers outside linebacker Rashawn Gary had a career-high three sacks, one injuring the throwing shoulder of Saints quarterback Derek Carr in the Pack's 18-17 defeat of New Orleans. Uh, new QB1 Jordan Love rallied the Packers out of what became a 17-0 fourth quarter haul in his first career start at Lambeau Field. I'm not sure what. You know, I think it's weird to make it to week three before playing a home game. <laughs> well, yeah, but... I, <clears throat> it, it seems to happen more than, like, more than you'd think. It's, it's odd. Like, I, I don't know if they just... There must be reasons as to why they do like back-to-back road games to start the season. Because who was it? It was the, the 49ers that had it. The Packers had it. And there was maybe one else, one other team that, that had two road games to start the season. It's not even like they like stop halfway between two points to train for that week because they fully go back to base, don't they? And then go and count again. Well, sometimes I think it depends. It depends which way they sort of work the schedule because sometimes they will just set up like a camp. Like either say if it's if it's the Niners playing the Giants, for example, they wouldn't just because that's, that, that's literally coast to coast. So they'd probably base themselves out of like say I don't know like Baltimore or something like that for the week or something like that. And then they'll, they'll maybe sort of depending on where the second game is the week after, they'll maybe sort of like stop somewhere in somewhere and just stay at a hotel. But it depends really because obviously, yeah. If, if, if they sort of like trying to sort of keep the carbon footprint down and stuff like that, I don't know. They might be uh, less less likely just to sort of like fly back and forth. And stuff, but I'm sure um, that's not on the uh, on the minds of certain NFL franchises. Shall we say? That's week three done and dusted in the books. We need to forget about it. Never discuss it ever again, especially from a side bet perspective. It didn't happen. It never existed. That leaves us with week four. Uh, Mr. Cook and Mr. Womancy have provided me with their selections for week four's games. <clears throat> so we'll go through these now, and then we'll uh, we'll pick up. We'll we'll have a little talk about some of the games that look a little tastier than most, shall we say? And then we'll, me, myself, and Andy will go through the side bet picks, and we'll see how we get on. The week opens with uh, an NFC North um, rivalry for the ages, shall we say? Thursday night football takes us to Green Bay, where the Lions take on the Packers. This is a, rep- is a repeat of the last game of the regular season from last season, where had the Seahawks not beaten whoever it was they played, it would have been a win and in-game for both the Lions and the Packers. Sadly, that is not the case this season. Obviously, as we're only at week four. However, we are all in agreement that we think the Lions will get the win here. Even though it's in the Packers' hometown and the home stadium, we're all big-time Detroit fans, it would seem. Um, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't even know what to say. Uh, the Packers have had a win. I think the way the Packers look at the moment, that a little more surprising than it maybe would have been in seasons gone by. The Lions seem to be dialed in. Um, I know that they looked they looked reasonable last season. They look better this season. Uh, Jared Goff's numbers seem to be fairly steady. He seems to be getting it done where it needs to be done. They're looking good. 
some teams you just you just want to see them succeed. Um, it's nice to see the Lions actually, you know, winning games, coming away from it as being be- the better team of the week and things like that. Um, so yeah, it doesn't surprise me we've all gone with a, a Lions win. If you look at those two teams on paper, makes sense. Next up, we have our first UK game of this particular season's slate, where we have the Atlanta Falcons travelling to take on the Jacksonville Jaguars. This will be the first of the 2.30 slate of games on Sunday. Myself and Andy have got have picked the Jags to bounce back with a win, whereas Mr. Woodmansey has picked the Falcons to get the win on this one. Next up, early argument for game of the week, dare I say, where the Miami Dolphins, fresh off that 70-burger, as, uh, as was so eloquently put, take on their divisional rival, Buffalo Bills. And somewhat surprisingly, even though the Dolphins have just hung that 70 points on the Denver Broncos, we've all gone for a Bills win. Now, is that just because it's the Bills at home? Or is it just because we think the Bills are a better team than the Finns? I, just, I, I think they, they run the risk of having the hangover from last week. They've got a lot. They, yeah, great, you score 70 points, but the, the proof will be, can you keep that kind of form going? Um I, I dare say that they're going to come up against a much tougher opposition this coming weekend. So, I think that'll be the uh, the bigger test. You, you're not you're not putting seventy points on the Bills. It's 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 physically impossible in, in a week where Dolphins scores seventy points. Let's go back and look at how many uh, fantasy points the Buffalo Bills defense scored. You know, you're going up against a much much more competitive opponent in the Bills. Um, I personally don't think there's any doubt that we'll be seeing the Bills come playoff time. Will we be saying the same for the Dolphins? You know, like you were saying about the Cowboys, the Cowboys are one step away from some sort of implosion and that's going to affect, like every season for the Dallas Cowboys, there's just one step away from something going wrong. The Dolphins also have that possibility of something going wrong and just derailing the season. Um, so going up against the Bills, I did. I did do a bit of a double take. I was a bit like, eh, eh, "It's the Bills." Yeah, couldn't agree with what I said there. Uh, next up, we've got the Minnesota Vikings taking on the Carolina Panthers. We've all gone for the Vikings on that one. Uh, the Broncos taking on the Bears in the first dross-off of the season. Um, myself and Andy have gone for the Broncos. Stu's given home field advantage to the Bears. Uh, I had a conversation with a Broncos fan this weekend where I said, honestly, the team that doesn't win that one could be looking at an 0-16 season because they both look absolutely dreadful. So that Paul giving it a tie after regulation. Seriously, there was was a game last week where I think I wanted to pick a tie. I think I wanted to pick Chargers uh, Chargers Vikings as a tie. Um, But told myself out of it. Next up, we've got the uh, the grudge match uh, of the Ravens taking on the Cleveland Browns. 
I'm on my own in backing the Browns to get the win at home, whereas Andy and Stu have taken the Ravens. We're all taking the Steelers at Houston uh, to beat the Texans. Myself and Andy have got the Rams beating the Colts, whereas Stu's gone the other way. He's given the uh, home team the advantage there, the uh, backing the Colts. The Bucks are travelling to New Orleans to take on the Saints. Myself and Andy think the Saints will get the win. Stu's gone for the Bucks. Uh, Commanders Eagles, it's a clean sweep for the Eagles. Same again for the Bengals taking on Tennessee. Um, and same again for the Chargers at home to the Las Vegas Raiders. Which I thought might have, uh, might have thrown up a couple of um, potential uh, banana skins there. But no, we're all thinking the Chargers will get the win there. Um, next up, it's the New England Patriots travelling to Dallas to take on the Cowboys. We all feel the Cowboys are going to bounce back. Um, probably blowout of the weekend. We'll see the 49ers hang probably about 50 points on the Cardinals, no doubt. And we're all in on the we're all in on 49ers to get them in there. Um, <clears throat> the Sunday night game sees the Kansas City Chiefs travel to New York to take on the Jets. This was probably put on the slate before Mr. Rogers went down for the season with his uh, with his Achilles injury. Um, I, thought, I think we're all very sensibly taking the Chiefs to get a comfortable win there. Can the Jets finally, save themselves the petrol and just default to we're not turning up for that one, we can't face it? Well, it's, it's in New York, so that's the only thing that's going for them, I suppose. Um, and for the second time this season, we've got a back-to-back Sunday night, Monday night, taking place in New York, whereas... Uh, MetLife Stadium has back-to-back games as the Seahawks travel to New York to take on the Giants. Myself and Stu have given the nod to the Giants, whereas Andy, with his homer pick, has has obviously gone for the Seattle Seahawks to get the win there. That's the week four game picks from us as a group. That just leaves us with the side bet. However, I feel that myself and Mr Cook need to um, step back Take a look through these. Decide which are the creme de la creme picks and then bring them to you. So don't you guys go anywhere, but we're going to step away for a moment to compose ourselves and we'll be right back. Recording in progress. Just like that. We're back. So the game four picks are in the bank for this week. For myself, Mr. Mumsey, and Mr. Cook. So, side bet time. Um, as Mr. Cook has just pointed out, off air, technically it's me to pick first this week, as I uh, was unsuccessful last week in uh, my one of four selections, whereas he was nothing but successful with his four from four picks. So, where should I go? I think there's only one logical place to start, and it's, of course, taking San Francisco 49ers to beat the Arizona Cardinals. Yes. I will very much like that. Please thank you. Mr. Cook, your two selections, please. When you said there was only one obvious place to go, I surely thought 
Well, he's absolutely taking the Kansas City Chiefs to beat the New York Jets off the board. And then you didn't. So, uh, yes, please. Kansas City Chiefs, your second selection. The Philadelphia Eagles to beat the Washington Commanders. Interesting. In that case, I will take the Pittsburgh Steelers Ooh. to beat the Houston Texans. And where do I want to go for my third selection? There's a couple of um, yeah, there's a couple of sort of like fifty-fifty games this week. Mm. I'll go with. I can't believe I'm doing this. I'm, I'm going to take the bike. Yeah, <laughs> I honestly thought that I was going to get that game for free. Because I was like, there's no way Paul's going to say the words the Vikings to win. Well, let's have a look. Have I done it yet this season? I can't imagine you've ever have, done it. I have done. I did it in week one and they let me down. I don't, I've, I've opened myself up. I've, I've opened my heart. And they've cruelly... They've basically shattered my eye. And I've, and I've opened it up again. I'm gonna let them. I'm gonna let them hurt me again, and I don't like it. I don't like it one little bit. Uh, your remaining two selections, please, Mister Cook. If you're saying things like the Vikings to win, then surely I have to say the Dallas Cowboys to beat the New England Patriots. It's not where I'd have gone. Me neither. Wait, what? Is it my final pick? It is indeed your final selection. Then the Cincinnati Bengals. Gosh darn it. To beat the Tennessee Titans. Now some people might it. think I did that on purpose, but I'm not that kind of person. I wouldn't wait. To the last pick to swoop in and take that game off the board. Not that kind of guy. Like just sitting there, just begging me, begging someone to take it, and it didn't happen until just now. So I've somehow got to take a winner out of some of. I mean, who in their right mind is touching the Broncos Bears game <laughs> in, this, in this particular scenario? I was just looking at it going, come on, it's obvious, it's the Broncos-Bear game. Uh, I mean, I'm looking, I'm looking for the for the games where we've had like clean sweeps across the board. Parliament's tempted to take the charges at home to the Raiders. So I nearly said, I'm going to make Stu very happy here and, and take the Chargers game. It's weird when you're dealing with a 1-2 and two team versus a 1-2 and two team. Mm. I can tell you this much if you're not into the Pickums. Uh, Pickums gives you a percentage of what other people have thought. Uh, that game, I won't tell you which way around 
because I wouldn't want to influence you in any way, I will just say this. One of those teams has a 91%. Well, that is quite quite something. Um, I think... I think I'm going to go potentially risky and I'm, I'm going to pick the Jags I'm going to pick the, Ch- the Jacksonville Jaguars at home to the Atlanta Falcons now I will say this to you Pickham's has got that game down as a 74% pick for the Jags versus obviously 26% I looked at that game and was like, I, I, I wouldn't want that to be the selection that was put in front of me. Um, the only, the only reason, the only reason I'm in my head that I'm picking the Jags is you'd like to think they're going to be pissed off coming off the back of a loss to the Texans, and I know it's Wembley, so therefore it's mainly going to be all 32 teams that are sort of supported and whatnot, but it is almost starting to get to a point where the Wembley games do tend to sort of feel a bit more supported by the home team. We are starting to get there. So obviously um, I, I saw the Jags last year at Wembley. They hmm. didn't win that game but I personally feel they should have done. They they looked great. They they went up several points in my estimation from seeing them live. I was like, they are they are a genuinely good team that just end up in bad situations. Like they dominated that game for three quarters, and then Russ did what Russ does. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that is the week for side bet selections made. So to recap, Mr. Cook has the Kansas City Chiefs at the New York Jets, the Philadelphia Eagles at home to the Washington Commanders, the Dallas Cowboys at home to the New England Patriots, and the Cincinnati Bengals at the Tennessee Titans. Whereas I have the 49ers, the San Francisco 49ers, at home to the Arizona Cardinals, the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Houston Texans, the Minnesota Vikings at the Carolina Panthers, and the Jacksonville Jaguars at home to the Atlanta Falcons. If you were having to put money, Mr. Woodmansey, on one of those two selections, one of those two sets of selections, which would you feel more comfortable would be the most likely to give you a return of your investment, so to speak? Without any hesitation, Andy. <laughs> okay. Purely, not, it's nothing to do with the fact that he said that he almost picked the Chargers. That, that is not true. It's more to do with the fact that you, you picked 
for the Steelers, and I would not trust them with like transporting a cake. Never mind uh, having to to play a full well two football games. And, nah, I mean, just you nah. see that like you see that like a cake isn't a valuable bit of kit to be transporting. Well, a cake, a cake yeah, but in America they just chuck them at people's faces, don't they? So. Yeah, but a cake, a cake is very delicate. I can understand it if you were saying something that's very difficult to break, like I don't know, a piece of sheet metal. You wouldn't trust them. You wouldn't oh, trust them to transport oh, just, just wishing that they'd live by the Steelers mantra. There is that. Yeah, just no, just no, just Andy's because I, I would not. Those two games that you've picked aren't as clear-cut to me. They've both got elements of anything could fucking happen. So, well, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah Andy, Andy's, uh, Andy's got a supporter this week. I can't, I, can't wait till, I can't wait till next week where Paul's like, so Andy, you didn't get a single one of those games right. <laughs> I'm like, Listen, I, I stand by my choices. <laughs> it, it worked out in Andy's favour last week as, uh, as Matt uh, had... Dad said that he felt that Andy's selections were the more sensible or likely outcomes, and as it turned out, he was absolutely correct. Uh, Andy with the full boat of four out of four. Will it work exactly the same this week and get Andy another four points, or is it my turn to get a full boat with my selections? Only time will tell, ladies and gentlemen. That is all I had to bring to the table. Uh, I don't know if either of you gentlemen has got any other business or extras to bring to the party. Do we need to mention... It would appear not. Do do we need to mention anything about um, any not currently playing quarterbacks who may or may not have reached out to the Jets recently? Well, the latest one that I'd seen today was that apparently they're looking into the possibility of working out Trevor Simeon. So, I, you know, I work on the principle that an NFL franchise would be like, oh, let's go look here, let's go look there, let's go look at this. What's this guy doing? Is there a trade opportunity there? What about this guy? This guy's not playing at the moment. You know, all of that. But when you hear... Colin Kaepernick has reached out to the New York Jets. You're like, for? Why is he reaching out to them? Surely they've got, like, you know, a Rolodex, a list. They're looking at it going, you know, obviously top number one, Cam Newton. Number two, RG3. Number three. And they're, like, going through that list. Presumably somewhere on that list... Is we don't we don't know. He might he might have just been he might have just been looking for a jersey or a season ticket or something. I, I don't know. It clearly it clearly wasn't him asking if he could go and play for them because why on earth would they say yes to that? Just imagine the phone call. Uh, hi, is is that the the Jets? Uh, it's Kaepernick. <laughs> oh, sorry, wrong number. Put the phone down. That's it. <laughs> just like just nonsense. I think. If if he was ever going to get back in, we he, he's he's about three seasons too late at this point. He needed to be back in 
way before this point in time. I know he's only I know he's still young in the grand scheme of things, but he's been he's been out of the game for what five seasons at least. Yeah, probably longer than that. And every um, season starts with somebody on the NFL Network saying. Oh, apparently, Colin Kaepernick practices every day, like as if he's you know in the off season, ready, getting ready to play, and all that sort of stuff. Is this the year that one of the teams takes a punt on him? And you know they they always roll that out at the beginning of every season, and then every season goes by without him stepping on a football field to play, and it's like. Which which year is the year where we stop running that story as like you know the first part of the season? Surely they've been like, Tom, talk to us about this retirement. How set in stone is it? Is it a soft retirement? Well, well, apparently his. Purchase of shares or an option in the Raiders hasn't gone through as first thought, so it doesn't muddy the waters from that perspective of him trying to be involved with any other team. Because obviously, if he was a minority owner of the of the Raiders, he would only be able to have a connection with the Raiders. So that sort of clears up that murkiness, so to speak, but. Who knows? I think I saw something on the, I think it was on the NFL Network where it said they're running the risk. This is the Jets of if they continue to run with Zach Wilson as the starter, then the defense is just like, mate, we, we we're doing the best we can to keep the scores down in this game. If you don't if you don't put something on the on the pitch, it's like you know at least somewhat plausible from an offensive perspective, we're just going to have to stop trying because he's killing us. Like, you know, there's no point in us putting all our, all our like, effort in for him to just like keep throwing interceptions and stuff like that. So I think it's potentially, whilst I can understand why Sauer is, you know, wanting to sort of like show support for a guy who's been in the organisation and stuff like that, if the players don't want him as the quarterback because they can see that he's not good enough, at what point do you have to pull the ripcord and just say, "I'm really sorry, mate. I know, I know. We've said that, like, you know, well, you can you can have the starting job, but for the for the good of the team, we need to take you out of the firing line." It, it, it's one of those things, isn't it? At the end of the day, nobody's under any illusion going in as an NFL player. Your job is on the line, week in, week out. Every position on that team is subject to change. You step on that field, you fight for your job. There's a reason that the best of the best, there's a reason that people play one season and are never seen again. There's a reason why that sport is built the way it is. Because they want the absolute best player on the field at all times. And if you're not that guy, you won't be there. It's as simple as that. So you can say, you know, oh, we're trying to work him out this, oh, we're trying to do this. If he's not the right guy for the job, if he's not the absolute best guy for the job, 
then how long is he going to have that job? The answer should be not long. We're going into week four now. Rodgers went out in week one. We're already at a stage where we've probably been umming and ahhing over this too long. So I would say you've got this week. Something doesn't change, then something will change. Couldn't agree more. Other than that, no, I don't have anything else. Well, in that case, all that's, all that's left for us to do is to uh, thank Mr. Uh, Womanseek for being this week's guest and for joining us to uh, give us his season-long predictions and his week four predictions. Thank you, lovely people, for tuning in to, uh, to watch said predictions. And just to say, join us again next week where we'll do it all over again, hopefully with a another guest but we won't know until then and neither will you so tune in next week and see what we've got to bring to you but until then it's thank you from me thank you from these two and we'll see you next week bye bye so there we go what do you think to that another one done another one gotten big thank you to Stu for stepping in and being our guest for the week what do you think Who's going to win the side bet? Who's going to win the predictions? The guest seems to be pulling away at the moment. Can me or Paul bring it back? Find out next week. Before you leave us, before you go, before you end the podcast, please do consider like, share, subscribe and comment. Leave a review where you can leave a review. Check out the website, thecookiecast.com. There, the social media links and an email button, and that way you can get in touch with us. Let us know who you think is going to win this week. Right, that's it for this one. Until next time, I'm going to say bye, and I'll see you then. You've just listened to another episode of Cookie Cast. Thanks for listening.